The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The reason I apologize is because I do happen to have City on the Line right now, the official voice of your Edmonton Eskimos, right here on 630 Chad. It's Morley Scott joining us from the beautiful province of British Columbia. Hello, Morley. Hey, Kels, how are you? Good. We are going to have two hours with you. It's a, an extended countdown to kickoff, starting at 6 o'clock, kickoff then at 8. And uh, so instead of kind of talking too much of the nitty-gritty and, and stealing all of your thunder for uh, just a couple hours from now, I want to talk a little bit about the human side. Uh, we, we saw... It was a really interesting matchup when the Lions were in town here, and it was the first time the Eskimos had a chance to hit Mike Riley. And I really loved the build-up to that game. I was watching actually Global Edmonton's morning show, and they were talking with some of the players about, is it kind of, is it is it tough for you to wrap your mind around hitting your former leader? And they were like, are you kidding me? In practice, you never get to hit your quarterback. They were drooling, ready for this. And then we saw some fines flying because of that. Are we going to see that same hunger tonight or are things going to calm down a little bit because we've been here before? Well, I think you'll see the same the same desire to hit the quarterback. I, I think from uh, the Eskimos' perspective, they don't want to see the penalties come out this time because that has cost them so far this year and they've taken far too many of them. But you're absolutely right. They, they went through with Mike Rowdy six years of not being able to hit him in practice. And uh, when they got the opportunity to, for the first time ever, they took advantage of it and sacked him seven times. And there was also six roughing the passer penalties that were called that night as well. Uh, in a night that, that the Eskimos dominated the BC Lions, after a good start by BC, the Eskimos came back and dominated the Lions for most for the most part of the football game. So, uh, yeah, there I, I don't think anything's changed. Um, a lot of guys who are on this team don't know Mike Riley and never played with him. So, to them, he's just another quarterback. To the other guys on the team who know him well, uh, they want to hit him. They want to take him down. They want to beat him more than anything else uh, because that's just that's just how life works, right? You're, you got a friendly rivalry with uh, with a guy that you were friends with. You always want to beat your friends at whatever you do. So I think that will continue tonight. Can you walk us through a little bit of the behind the scenes? You head down to Vancouver a little bit early. You get your, yourself situated down there. What does prep look like on the road for the play-by-play guy? Well, we got here, uh, when did we get here? Uh, Tuesday night uh, we arrived, and uh, yesterday we uh, took the train out to uh, Surrey to where the Lions have their practice facility. We uh, watched the Lions practice, go through their walkthrough, and talk to some of the players out there and the coaching staff uh, for the Lions. Uh, worst thing about our trip yesterday is if you've ever taken the Sky Train in Vancouver, you know there's a, there's a few lines and a few different uh, ways to get places. Well, we got on the wrong train. And uh, it's usually a one-train ride, and it was a four-train ride to get there for us yesterday because we went too far, had to get off, come back, had to get on a different line and go, and then change again and get back. So we did eventually get out to Surrey and watch the Lions practice and uh, uh, talk to them a little bit about the game. Got a couple interviews that we'll hear tonight on the pregame show with uh, John White, former Eskimo, Mike Riley, former Eskimo, and the head coach of the BC Lions as well in uh, Devon Claybrooks. And then uh, yesterday after that, we got back on the train, came back into the city downtown and met the Eskimos as they arrived at the hotel here and did our couple of interviews with the Eskimos, talked to the coach, talked to Trevor Harris and a few other players. And uh, you'll all hear the, uh, the the culmination of all that work come together at uh, 6 o'clock tonight on the pregame show. 
I've been reading uh, all kinds of articles in preparation to talk to you, and then I realize I don't really have too much prep. I'll just say, Morley, tell me what I need to know. But one of the big things that, that I, I just like to know a little bit more as more of a casual sports fan, I'm, I'm not in the trenches the way you are, uh, reading one column by one of your colleagues in the sports world talking about how aggressive this Eskimos team is this year and how many fines and penalties the Eskimos are facing. How, how does the fine system work in the CFL? If you do something that's a little off color, are you tossed or you just, you know, cut a check and then you're at the next game? Yeah, what happens is uh, usually there are, there's penalties that are awarded in games and, and then the league watches the games afterwards and the fine system usually happens a couple of days after the week is over and the CFL will send out a news release that says uh, player discipline for week number five or week number four, whatever it is, and there's a list of about three or four players on it and uh, what they did, who they hit, and and then saying they got fined for it. And it's happened a, a couple of times this semester. Was Nick Usher has been fined a couple of times uh, each of the last two games. And when you get to three fines in a season, I believe that is when you get uh, you, you could face a possible suspension. So so that's on the line. As far as paying the fines go, I believe it's just docked off their checks, off their game checks. And they just uh, he just won't see that money. He won't get as much as he normally gets, and he just doesn't see that money. It goes right to the league, and they disperse it uh, uh, to various different funds that they have as well. It was a rough, aggressive game against the Lions when they were here on our home turf. You said that the, the appetite's still going to be there to get after Mike Riley, but are we going to see the Eskimos playing a little safer? Is is that kind of one of the directives coming down from Moss right now? Well, it, it is and it isn't. You have to play smart, but you, you can't lose the edge and you can't lose that aggressiveness. I mean, the Eskimos defense is going to be aggressive, and uh, they just have to do things a little bit smarter. They still want to get after the quarterback. They still want to get after the ball carrier. They still want to uh, be physical and be aggressive. You just you got to know when to stop and when to let up and, and when the play's over. And, and most of the penalties they've gotten, uh, not most of them, but a lot of the penalties they get are, you know, they lower their head and they hit with their helmet. And that's not just the Eskimos. They're trying to teach players across the league that if you lower your head and hit with your helmet, you're going to get a fine for it and you're going to get a possible suspension for it. So uh, it's, it goes on around the league. And, and, and that's, I think, Kelsey, the toughest thing for a football player who, who, just wants to hit people, right? That's what football is all about. But you got to learn how to hit fair and you got to learn how to hit safely, but you still got to stay aggressive and you still have to go after the ball carrier. And it's a fine line to walk. And when you go over it, you're going to have to pay the price. What's going to set this game apart? Uh, the Lions fell 39-23 when they were here in Edmonton. What, what's this game going to look like? Uh, you know what? It's uh, The Lions are probably a better team now than they were back then. The Eskimos, I think, might be a better team than they were back then. Uh, you know, every game's different. You can, uh, I find it's, it's really difficult to – you can take a few things from a game a couple of weeks ago when two teams meet, but it's hard to see that same kind of game and the same – a lot of the trends don't carry over. I mean, that was June 21st when they played, right? So since then, the Eskimos have played another game. Uh, the, the Lions have played two games since then. So it's it's a lot changes in that aspect. The lineups will be a little bit different for both teams tonight, but the objective remains the same, and that's just play the style of football that you want that you feel your team has to play to win. Uh, sometimes it's different at home. Teams play better at home. Some teams play better on the road. Whatever the case may be, tonight is uh, is a different test. One thing that that, that I think is important about tonight is uh, the season series will be on the line. And last year, the Eskimos and the Lions finished tied 
uh, with nine and nine for the record. And because the Lions won the season series, they made the playoffs and the Eskimos didn't. So the Eskimos know how important the season series is. And you, you only you play two teams three times in a season. The Lions are one of those teams this year. And uh, it's important to win those season series because that's the tiebreaker in the standings when, uh, when October rolls around and the season wraps up. Morley, I spent my morning while you were just getting to enjoy walking around Vancouver. That's how I picture you spending your days. I spent my morning tweaking and editing a project that's become very close to our hearts. And it's called the E-Pod. Tomorrow we have the fifth episode dropping. Can you tee it up a little bit? I'm not going to lie. I got a little emotional listening to this one. Uh, yeah, it's a really good story from a guy that uh, I've really enjoyed talking to uh, a couple of times so far this season and a guy that I've enjoyed watching play as well. His name is Vontae Diggs. He's a linebacker. He's out of a, uh, a little suburb of Chicago. Uh, he went to the University of Connecticut as a football player. Uh, his football story is like a lot of other people's football story. He's worked very hard to get where he is, and he's gone through the college game. He's gone through the NFL where he's tried to make an NFL team. He, a year ago, he was at an NFL training camps. Uh, then he got his cut. He went to the American uh, Alliance Football League, the AAF, uh, and played there. He was playing for Atlanta before he got released from Atlanta. Then that league folded, of course. And, and then he came north and has settled in Canada and has become a pretty big part of an Eskimos uh, defense. But the story about Vontae Diggs away from football is what really tugs at the heartstrings. Uh, he grew up, he didn't grow, not his entire life, but for a lot of time when he was in grade school especially, he was homeless. He lived in his in, in his car with his with his mom and his brother. Uh, he slept on a park bench at times, and uh, he had to fight through a lot of problems away from football to get where he is as a human being and as a football player. And he was gracious enough to, to open up to me a little bit about it, and uh, it'll uh, it'll come out tomorrow. And it's a, it's a real good story, a story of a guy who's fought through so much to get where he is and still kept a pretty square head on his shoulders and still wants to help people who are in his position and give back to whatever community he's in, whether that be uh, back home uh, in in in, uh, in Illinois or whether it's in, in Edmonton with the Eskimos. He wants to help uh, the community out because he knows that there are people out there who need his help. I'm really looking forward to getting to release this tomorrow and seeing the feedback that comes. These are the stories, and I think this is what makes the EPOD, the podcast that you're working on about the Edmonton Eskimos and the Canadian Football League, so important. You get access to these players like no one else, and often they're just guys behind helmets, and we know their numbers, and we we fall in love with their ability on on the turf, but we don't really realize either the hilarity that ensues whenever they step into a room or the incredible obstacles that they've overcome to achieve what they have. And that's one beautiful thing about the Canadian Football League is the players who play in this league come from absolutely everywhere, mostly North America. We now have players from Mexico and players from France, but uh, mostly from from all walks of life in North America, whether it be uh, uh, a Canadian who is from Edmonton or Sherwood Park or from BC or or from Eastern Canada or an American player who, who grew up in Detroit, grew up in Chicago or down in Alabama or on the West Coast. They all have great stories to tell. They're, they're all very willing to tell their stories too, which is, which is uh, a, a nice aspect of it. So that's, that's one beautiful thing about the CFL is the personalities and the people who, who play the game and who work in, in front offices in the CFL.
hey, thanks for spending more time with us. We'll, we'll let you rest your voice, and then you'll be here in about three hours on the airwaves. Six o'clock is the, when the countdown to kickoff starts. We look forward to it. Y'all should be a good game tonight. I appreciate the time. All right, thanks. That's Morley Scott, the play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Eskimos. Again, 6 o'clock, you'll hear him, Dave, and Blake Dermott on these airwaves. And then 8 o'clock is kickoff. Edmonton Eskimos versus the BC Lions.